Hello and welcome. You're listening to Heartstock Radio. I'm your host, Carol Murphy. And today, our guest is Monica Lawrence. She is the founder of Quantum Surfing and also the proprietor of Tavola Villa in Fiji. In just a moment, Monica is going to be with us and we'll learn all about what she is up to. I'm especially intrigued about Fiji. It's on my bucket list, haven't been there yet, but um, I'm sure Monica will uh, fill us in here in just a moment. This is Heartstock. We'll be right back in a moment. Thanks for listening. As I went walking that ribbon the highway, I saw Welcome back. This is Heartstock Radio. I'm your host, Carol Murphy, and Daniel Hogan is in the studio. Today, as we mentioned before, our guest is Monica Lawrence, and she's the founder of Quantum Surfing. She's also the proprietor of Tavola Villa in Fiji. Hello, Monica, and thank you so much for being on Heartstock. Hello, Carol. It's such a delight to be with you. Thank you for the invitation. Indeedy. And I know that you are, um, you travel a lot. And uh, right now you're in Fiji. Is that correct? I am in Fiji. So when you hear the roosters crowing or the wind whistling or the birds flitting about, that is just the environment that I'm sitting in. (laughs) It sounds absolutely fantastic. So can you give our listeners a little introduction here? both to quantum surfing and to Tavola. Mm, Yeah, my pleasure. Tavola is luxury private villa that is located here in the north of Fiji. I purchased the property in 2018 after really a lifetime of coming back and forth between Fiji and Silicon Valley. And I was finding that my creativity was amplified here in the islands. And I wanted to share that experience with more people who are passionate about making a positive impact in our world. So that's what led me to buy this beautiful property and convert it into a luxury getaway. Mm. Now, during the pandemic... (laughs) Our borders closed for nearly two years here in Fiji... And so there was no such thing as hosting guests. And I thought, well, this would be a lovely time to um, make use of those endless days and introduce quantum surfing, which is a set of principles, really a revolutionary method for success that I've been developing and exploring for some time. And once I found myself here alone in paradise, I thought this is a wonderful time to start sharing all of these concepts. What is your background that led you down this path in life? I'm Silicon Valley, were you involved with software development? Is that what you did before? Yes. Uh, my undergraduate degree was in computer science. And then I went to business school and I focused on technology and entertainment. Uh, I've always had this kind of geeky curiosity. I joke that I'm the daughter of a rocket scientist and a stewardess. 
So there is always um, spirited conversations going on in our family. And this sense of the universe being this vast and unknown place that we're constantly becoming more aware of how it's really functioning. So for me personally, I've had this background in technology and that has led me into many Silicon Valley startups. But I've also had this sense that we're learning about our environment and there's lots about how our environment works that we don't fully understand. And for me, that's a frontier that's just so enticing to learn more about. So when you first started visiting Fiji, I take it these were just your own getaway times. And first of all, is that true? And why do you think things were so invigorated and your creativity sparked while you were there? Fiji is a really stunning place. The culture of Fiji is quite different from how we live and think in the West. It's more based in community. There's more a philosophy of working to live rather than living to work. There's a real camaraderie and a sense of caring about one another. So the the community of, in, in Fiji itself uh, was really starting to shape how I saw opportunities in the world. I think the tagline for Fiji is where happiness finds you. And I absolutely found that to be true for myself. But there's also this sense of living within nature here that is so remarkable. You know, it dawned on me after being here for two years during the pandemic that I was never without the wind. Even as I speak to you now, I'm in our caretaker cottage with louvered windows. And so you're never in a space here that is not somehow open to nature, open to the environment. And so you realize that really we're completely integrated with nature. And that realization, that way of living, that way of being was also truly shaping how I related to the world. So it was those two combinations. And then the natural beauty, you can't go wrong. Absolutely stunning. So I'm curious about your studies. You went to UCLA, is that correct? And were there any mentors in your educational process that kind of impacted you in a major way? Well, I've had such wonderful fortune to work with amazing people. When I first came out of undergrad, I worked at Accenture and I was a global consultant. In fact, I was based in Paris and I had wonderful, exceptional expat experience there. And then after going to um, business school at UCLA, as you say, Then I first went to the Walt Disney Company, where I was in their motion picture marketing group, which really gave me a love of storytelling. And then I joined Lucasfilm, which is the parent company for the George Lucas organization. And I was there at a formative time in which the original Star Wars trilogy was being created. So I was surrounded by a kind of visionary, smart optimistic people in in each of these steps. And then finally, when I joined my first startup and I was on the the founding team of that startup, I just found myself in this 
place where I was surrounded by people who believe that something other than what we experience today is possible. And from their ideas, they would bring it into reality. So I would say that all of those experiences really shaped me, Carol, and and many people who were mentors crossed my path. Are there any that stand out that you'd like to share with us and, you know, what made them such high-impact mentors? Well, my uncle in particular was especially formative for me. Um, he, he was a successful entrepreneur in San Francisco. And when he sold that business, um, probably back in the, I want to say late 60s, he decided to take a trip around the world and really reflect on what he wanted to tackle next. And his last stop in that journey was Fiji. And he kept extending his stay, extending, extending. I could see that. (laughs) (laughs) Until until he met a gentleman who had an island for sale. And then, you know, suddenly the deal was done. My uncle purchased that island and he moved his entire life to Fiji. For me, Carol, to have him in my life, to show that those kinds of choices are possible, that that was that was truly illuminating for me. I would say that he was my beloved, you know, maverick and crazy uncle. And my life would be completely different if it weren't for him. Mm-hmm. So he's probably one of the most special influences in my life. And then kind of share with us maybe a little bit about your educational experience. At the time that you were going to UCLA, was that an area that you had lived in previously? And why did you choose UCLA? Well, I hadn't lived in LA. I was originally born in Seattle, in Bellevue. And when I was rather young, we moved to New Jersey. And I knew even at that age of like eight years old that I was going to return to the West Coast, that that was really my place. Uh, So when I was applying to business school, UCLA had this wonderful program where you could take any courses in the film school as well as in the business school. And so what I really wanted to do with my background in technology was to combine it with entertainment in such a way that I could use technology to really reach people emotionally. Whereas the huge systems that I was working on for Accenture were really back-end systems, like the automation of the Paris Stock Exchange. And so that's not an emotional endeavor. And this is what drew me to UCLA, was this combination of technology, entertainment, and storytelling. And UCLA has this amazing, absolutely incredible program where, you know, top influencers, leaders out of Hollywood are coming to lecture in those classes. So you're really getting the opportunity to meet people firsthand and to hear their stories. So, you know, you're able to to learn from them in that environment. That's really what drew me there. Mm, that sounds incredibly mind and life expanding. <laughs> so, <laughs> absolutely, and great beach volleyball too. <laughs> there, there are perks for sure. So, we're going to take our midway point break here, and in just a moment, 
We will be right back with Monica Lawrence, and we're going to learn just exactly what quantum surfing is. This is Heartstock. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Heartstock Radio. I'm your host, Carol Murphy. And today we have been speaking with Monica Lawrence, and uh, she is the founder of Quantum Surfing. Hi again, Monica. Hello, Carol. So I'm really taken in by this whole concept and even the name, <laughs> uh, Quantum Surfing. And, you know, that we've been talking about the, this kind of impact that our environment, our mindset, being exposed to these expansive minds that you've had in your life. How do, does all this explain how you came up with quantum surfing? Mm, it was really a, quite a journey for me and, and an exhilarating journey at that. I had always been open and curious about our world. And then about 10 years ago, I had what people would call kind of a series of awakening experiences, kind of uncanny coincidences or unusual experiences that in our common narratives, we don't have explanations for. And I found it fascinating. And so I really dove into that and I started chatting with more people who were also having unexplainable experiences. When you say unexplainable. <laughs> Can you define that? I mean, unexplainable is unexplained, right? That's kind of hard to share exactly what you mean by that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like if you might have a great stroke of luck, let's mm -hmm. say, mm -hmm. or serendipity, serendipity, where you might have a whole set of circumstances and coincidences that coincide in such a way that a new opportunity is dropped right to your door. Uh, and you say, wow, I, I could never have orchestrated that myself. That's like a strike of lightning. Right? These sorts of things that we don't have explanation for, that we think are random. And then there's other areas too, where people would say, you know, I feel like I have messages from someone who, you know, is a deceased loved one. Or I feel like I can channel from, you know, a different place than from here. So it just, it really fascinated me that these are real experiences that people are having. But in our cultural knowledge, we don't have explanations for these. So we kind of put them into this bucket of, oh, that's a strike of lightning or, well, that's that's unusual or that's, um, that's just your imagination. You know, we don't have real explanations. And as someone who really has an inquiring mind, I found myself wanting to know why. Why is it that we have a wealth of experiences that we can't necessarily explain? And when the experiences are so positive for us, how could we come to understand them more so that we could repeat them? Like, how do we make these wonderful 
serendipitous experiences repeatable. So that's really that path of inquiry that drew me in. So where did you go from there once you realized that these were hard to explain, but real? What did you find out when you started looking into this phenomenon? Well, for about five years, Carol, I just dove in for myself to give myself the space and the freedom to truly explore. I didn't even really talk very much about what I was exploring because, you know, in those early stages when you're investigating something and, and people want to engage you in conversation, but then they want, they want the explanations right up front. And I didn't have the explanations. So I thought, well, I'm just going to play with this. And I am really a proponent of experimenting. And so that's what I was doing in those first five years. And then after five years, I was like, all right, I think I've kind of gotten the hang of this and I want to apply this. And this is what I would call applied enlightenment. All right. So how do I take concepts that might be considered spiritual in nature and actually apply them in you know, an impactful and functional way? So I started doing that with my own businesses. And when in the early days, when people would come here to Tavola and spend some time with me, and we were just getting all the work done and fixing up the place, invariably, they would say, Oh, Monica, what, what's going on here? <laughs> it's a little suspicious. Right? And, they, and I'm like, so I would say, what do you mean what's going on? And, and they say, well, look, I'm hanging out with you all the time. I, I know that you're not working in the way that we would normally consider is necessary to get tasks done. And yet every time we go into town, you happen to meet exactly the right chef who you want to hire for the next guest. Or we're here at the villa and your phone rings and it's just the piece of information or the person you need to speak with. But you're not reaching out to them. I said, no, I'm not. And that is really an example of serendipity in action as a result of behaviors. So what I stumbled upon as I tried to understand all of this, Carol, is that it's possible to be predictably lucky. <laughs> that the and social research on this shows that if you adopt certain behavior patterns, that then that is kind of paves the way for these coincidences to happen. So if you look at the profile of a lucky person versus an unlucky person, what you find is that a lucky person trusts themselves, which means they use their intuition. They're naturally curious. They're resilient. And they have positive expectations. And this combination of behaviors tends to make luck flow in their life, in not necessarily in ways that can be explained, but that is predictable. Now, the explanation that I've come to, having done a deep dive into the science of this, is that for a hundred years, our quantum physicists have been telling us that we live in a quantum world. And we don't understand what that means on a day-to-day -day basis. 
I think in you know high school they're still teaching all of Newton's equations, and yet we have the wave equation from Erwin Schrödinger that he won a Nobel Prize from, you know, for for many decades now. So really, if we think about it, we live in an environment of waves. We don't experience it that way. But when we live in an environment of waves, what it means is that everything is connected. It means that your energy matters. How you show up with energy makes a difference. And so when you start to understand that and then you cultivate your energy and your intuition accordingly, you can put those to work in such a way to have truly positive impact in the world. And as an entrepreneur and someone who's passionate about setting people free for their genius, that was incredibly exciting for me. And that's what I call quantum surfing. How does this differ or is it in the same camp as, you know, Law of Attraction, you know, the book The Secret came out years ago, which was really all about that. So is your practice just about that law of attraction? No, no, for me, I really took it into the realm of science because what I was finding on my spiritual journey is that I wasn't getting explanation. Like Mm. why? Yes. Right. So the science behind the phenomena, maybe. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. Ah. Because what I would do is I, I might listen to someone who would say, you know, how to manifest. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'd be like, kind of interesting, how do they know if that's true? And then I would then, having launched a lot of experiments for myself, it's like, oh, it doesn't always work the way they think. And, and that's what led me into the science. So there's the neuroscience, which is essentially fascinating because what you believe to be true is true. So your brain uses your beliefs to decode all the signals in your reality. And then combining that with the nature of the quantum world starts to reveal more predictably how you can set a vision and then map a course to actually seeing that vision come to reality. So in practical terms, can you give us just a hint, a summary of how we can activate this in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a really powerful tool is your intuition, which we are not really trained in intuition. In fact, I don't know that we even have a, a great definition of it. Uh, most people would say that intuition is that gut feeling that you get. Oh, yeah, I use my intuition to make a gut call is what you'll hear people say. But so often a gut call is about survival or a gut call is about having had a decade of experience in a particular discipline where you have a sense of the patterns that are indicative of that discipline. But neither one of those is truly intuition because intuition is available to everyone regardless of the length of their experience. And you can start to use your intuition in a very simple way, which is to simply substitute feeling questions for thinking questions. Mm, So rather than 
<laughs> this is good. <laughs> Rather than say, you know, oh, what time do I think I want to go to that dinner? Like it might be two weeks out. Then you simply say, when do I feel to go? And you wait for the response. Or you say, what do I feel to do? And you wait for the response. You might even say, do I feel to send this email right now? What do I feel to put into this message? And so it's a way of accessing a sense that we all have, but that we are not really trained to use. We are trained to use our thinking sense, but not our feeling sense. So it's a, it's a easy way. It's a kind of a hack, if you will, to start to tap into your intuition. And the best that I can tell from my research is that your intuition is connecting you to consciousness. And consciousness is really that web of information across quantum where everything is connected. And so it's a lovely sense to reclaim. And you can have a lot of fun with it as well as real guidance that's right for you. Mm. So we have about three minutes left. And what I'd really like to talk about is how this connects with your place in Fiji. And I don't know, maybe it's not connected, but help us understand how it all is intertwined. Mm. Yeah. So for quantum surfing, I uh, share the curriculum online at quantumsurfing.com. I launch cohorts um, with amazing next-generation leaders who are all studying how to surf quantum. And those are wonderful virtual online dialogues. For me, I find that I need to get back into Fiji from time to time, no matter where I travel. Uh, As soon as I arrive here, Carol, I have a sense of expansiveness and groundedness all at the same time. I have like insights that I just don't come to in other places, a sense of connectedness and wholeness with the environment around me. And I just really can't imagine not having Fiji as a destination. It's really, I would call it my soul's home. And that's what I love sharing with others. And so for Tavola, people can learn more about Tavola at TavolaFiji.com. Do you have live events there in Fiji now that we're moving beyond COVID? <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> well, yes, we've had the most wonderful guests in-house this year. And uh, we typically do private villa buyouts. So, you know, a couple can come and stay. They have the entire estate to themselves or a party of 10 can come and stay. Mm-hmm. And yes, sometimes we do host events here. Not so often, though, but every once in a while we'll do a retreat or some sort of meaningful gathering. Mm-hmm. And for those who would like to learn more, can you, you already mentioned, you know, how folks, some of the information, but um, is there anything else that you'd like to share about how folks might be able to find you? Uh, yeah, you can always uh, reach me on uh, Instagram or LinkedIn. I'm Monica Lawrence on LinkedIn. And on Instagram, I'm both Monica Lawrence and Tavola Fiji. Oh, and Quantum Serving. So all three of those places. Fantastic. I'm wondering if there's a, a book in the future. 
<laughs> well, yes, I have a I have a TEDx that I'm doing in December, and oh while I'm here in Fiji this time, I'm starting the draft of a book. Oh. So I have two in mind that I want to share, <laughs> and this will be a me as a first time writer. So I'm uh, you know excited to embark on that whole adventure. Mm. Thank you so much, Monica, for sharing your story. Really appreciate it. Uh, so intriguing. Thank you so much for having me, Carol. It's, it's really a pleasure to connect with you and have the opportunity to share this new way of thinking with more people. Indeedy. And as usual, we'll be back next week. Until then, peace. No trespassing, but on the other side. Heartstock Radio is a production of KBMF 102.5 Butte America Radio. Hear our programs every Friday at 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time via live stream at butteamericaradio.org. This is-